I'm Holly. And I'm Bridget. And this is Girls Next Level. (laughs) Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. I feel like it's been a minute. When was the last time we even recorded? I think it was, er well, we did one via Zoom. But I feel like before that, everything was like early December. It was. So it's been like a month. Yeah. And I feel like I haven't seen Holly forever. I know. (laughs) No, I was not excited about coming back to LA, but I was very excited to see you and very excited to record. I'm excited (laughs) to record. I'm super excited to record today. And I have your gift. Everybody probably thinks, God, Bridget didn't get her anything. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing, we kind of staggered our present exchange. But for those of you who aren't watching on Patreon or YouTube, Bridget has a giant stack of three gifts in her lap yes so let's open (laughs) I was saying I wanted one of these it's the eye massager because you were talking about it I'm so excited this one is slightly different than the one that we have this Uh one cools too the one we have just heats up but this one cools and I feel like that's cool (laughs) oh that's amazing no I'm excited yeah we're gonna have festive gift wrap covered floors today I love it and probably glitter. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Glitter I, on my sweatshirt. I, oh my God, it is. It's so bad too. Oh my too. God, it's amazing. <laughs> I say it's so bad and you're like, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, this is that thing I wanted. Thank you so much. You're this welcome. Is one of those beauty cases that you see all over TikTok and Instagram where it's like a travel beauty case, but you open it up and there's the light up mirror. I know. So when I was I'm so excited. When I was looking at them, I was like, ooh, maybe I need one of these too. It's pretty cool looking. I have obviously did not open it up, but just uh, after I um, researched these for you, then I, so I never got Instagrammed these before until I researched them for you. And I was like, oh, this looks like a really good one. And then all of a sudden I'm getting like, all kinds for the same exact one because the algorithm is crazy and the phone listens I've had some crazy instances lately too where and some you guys has it happened to you too where you literally you've never said anything to anyone you've never searched it you just thought it and it comes up I shit you not that's happened to me I feel like it's happened to me too I can't I'm trying to think of an exact example but it's scary it's really scary Ooh, this looks like a picture (laughs) I'm so excited (laughs) Oh my God, no, I straight up wanted this. Hang on, let me get this box out of the way. No, I've been seeing ads for these and I want it. And you guys listening to the show, if you're fans of Girls Next Door and if you're not, why are you here? You guys will know what I'm talking about because in my birthday Marie Antoinette episode, I had Mark Frazier do a Marie Antoinette portrait of me. And like, I love Mark Frazier, but it wasn't what I wanted. Like what I wanted was something that looked like my face painted onto Marie Antoinette's body. Kind of like in the Marie Antoinette movie, they do a painting that looks like that famous one of Marie Antoinette in the blue dress, but it's Kirsten Dunst's face. Yeah. But then the what Mark gave me, it looked like a Photoshopped face, like one of those jib jabs or one of those computer <laughs> things you do. It looked like just Photoshopping my face and like I'm peeking through a hole and I was like, I love it. But this is what I really wanted you guys this it's amazing I thought it turned out so good thank you so much you're welcome I was like I hope she doesn't already have it no but I've (laughs) wanted it and I've thought about it particularly the blue dress one oh good because there's so many to choose from this one's so pretty and I I was like this one's screaming to me I went through every single one (laughs) no I love this so much I'm obsessed with it thank you you're welcome I don't know where I'm gonna put it have you heard the weird conspiracy theories there was one going on TikTok for a while about how like if you only knew who the world's biggest consumer of glitter is, you'd never believe it. And this was like a big rumor going around and then they never revealed who it was. Wait, so, okay, <laughs> yes and no. Something about it, okay, it, when you first said it, I was like, no, this sounds no familiar at all. Yeah. But then I was like, wait, no, I did see an article or something. I don't know that I clicked on it, but I did, I feel like I, something is like pinging in the back of my head. Like, yes, you've seen something about that. Yeah, and it's annoying because they never revealed it. I don't know if it was just some fuck ass who like started the rumor for no reason and did, there was never any real mysterious biggest consumer in the world of glitter or they just didn't deliver and let me tell you that's my pet peeve when people throw out the bait and they I'm looking at you Tucker Carlson and your UFO stories they throw out the bait like they know the most earth-shattering thing and then they're like but I can't tell anybody 
Well, all the I hate it. All the alien people are doing that. They said it's too <laughs> it's too awful for us wait, to wait, even comprehend up. or understand. Back up. Who are all the alien people? <laughs> well, all the off the secret society. Well, all the, the like the aficionados in this area who like had like government clearance at some point or like spoke to somebody like personally privately about what they know and stuff everybody's like when you find out the truth it's so scary and mind-blowing and like dehumanizing that you can't even like you can't possibly tell anybody because it would like destroy everything then why are they even hinting at it (laughs) like if you're gonna throw out the bait you need to reel the line well the I think I know in. what it is if you want to know what it is yeah let's just dish let's just but I don't think I'm a good a good person to report it because I don't know the I don't know all the details and I don't know the the correct terminology but I know the gist of what it is is this the thing where humans are like ants in an ant farm and they're yeah. harvesting our energy yes we're not we are here and they've been um fucking with our DNA for years they put us here as an experiment like we're being controlled by it, it, we're, yeah we're just an experiment and they use us for their energy and they also pit us against each other like they like they it's brought half. us here <laughs> they brought us here because Ew. we are angry and they want that anger because they feed off of it the microcosm and, is the macrocosm well and here's the thing it would it destroys everyone's belief in religion everything because like it's it, there's a re- there is something else out there but it isn't what people yeah. believe and that would like that would like kill people to think yeah. that you know what I mean so that's that's the, that's the gist of it well now we know Tucker we said it why didn't you <laughs> and and I'm I'm not saying I believe or don't believe I'm just saying that's what people are afraid to tell people because mm. and and a lot of those people are very um religious or have a very religious following and that yeah. really destroys everything a lot of our population has been has grown up with yeah. but, and fully believes with all their heart yeah so to destroy that for so many people this episode took a turn i know we started with some nice christmas gifts and now we're just destroying people's lives so (laughs) just a day's work i don't want to leave people hanging that's me either that is what it what the bottom line is and there's more there's so much more to it than that i'm very much simplifying and i'm very much just throwing out like the the kernel but like yeah it's much detailed. Yeah, that's crazy. And also... Oh, also, there's different races of aliens that also mm-hmm. fight amongst each other. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a whole crazy Galactic thing. Galactic Senate. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, um, and I know that sometimes on this podcast, I'll do that in like a small way. I'll be like, oh, there was da-da-da, but I can't say what it was. If it's something that like really fucks with somebody else's privacy. So I, I'm acknowledging that sometimes I do that annoying thing where I kind of throw out the bait a little bit, but can't reel it in. And I I, I sympathize with how you guys must be feeling because it's my pet peeve too. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but back to our mission for this episode, we are talking about... Um, Girls Next Door, season two, episode something or other. Seven. Seven. And this is what I want to call the jealousy episode. It's something I've wanted to talk about for a while because I think jealousy, and unfortunately amongst females, it's kind of like farmed, but jealousy is such a thing. And I wanted to talk about it, especially since we were coming from a place Of this group of like all these females together and all these females living together and things like that. I did a poll on Instagram or Patreon or somewhere where I asked you guys which episode in season two do you think would be a good episode to talk about jealousy? And far and away, this was the winner. Really? Yeah. Do you have any guesses why? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I have (laughs) have a a couple. I have like 12 pages of notes why. Yeah. Another topic I wanted to bring up before we get into the episode is, and I only heard this recently within the past couple of years because I always thought these two things were very direct synonyms, is there's a difference between jealousy and envy, apparently. Oh, okay. What do you think the difference is? So we can just establish that. So like when we're moving forward in this episode, if we say jealous or envious or like if we want to use those two words. Yeah, I kind of use them as the same. Well, well, just tell me. I mean, I feel like envy is like more- The worst one. 
envious? I think so. That's what I've been hearing lately, which by the way, up until like the past six months to a year, I never heard that. I thought jealousy and envy meant the exact same thing. But there seems to be this kind of new agey way of saying like, if you're envious, that's like bad because you want to take something away from somebody. But if you're jealous, that just means you want it too. And you can be happy for them, but you want it too. But I always grew up thinking the word jealous was like a very bad, angry, unbecoming thing to be. See, I'm on the fence about that because I grew up with also thinking it was yeah. like a bad thing. But I always used it in a way that was a positive way. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I've explained this on the podcast before, yeah. jealous to me means I'm happy for you, but I want that too. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. I hope I get it too. Like, oh, I'm jealous that you're eating a chocolate right now because mm-hmm. I want a chocolate yeah. like like it's like I, I I'm happy for you I can be happy well I I guess I could be happy or not happy but mm-hmm. like I am general <laughs> I can't <laughs> say the word I'm generally happy <laughs> for you and but I just want it too I don't use envious as much, but I, I, if I do, I usually use it in the same tone as well. Mm-hmm. But I would think more negative of it. But it's interesting that people would say that it's more positive now because that's not the way people have treated me about the show. Me either. That's what I was just going to say is like you can definitely – like I know what you mean when you say, oh, I use the word jealous in a positive way. Like, oh, I'm so jealous of that because yeah. I feel like I do too. And it's just kind of like a fun way of saying, oh, my God, you're so lucky or something like or that. Or even I want it too. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so jealous. jealous. That's yeah. cool. Like, I say that too. Yeah, like like that, that's an amazing opportunity for – even if I don't want it, I'm like that's mm-hmm. an amazing opportunity for you. I hope I get an opportunity like that or yeah. something. Totally. But that's not the way the show, the people that watch the show took it because I've gotten a lot of feedback going, she's just jealous. She right. says she's jealous and like it's a bad thing. And I'm like, oh, that's not how I meant jealous at all. Yeah, I feel like it get it gets turned into such a negative, nasty, awful, shame-filled thing mm-hmm. by other people. Yeah. It's nuts. I also noticed lately jealousy has been coming up as a theme for me in my life now that I just like to kind of look at and examine and like, why am I feeling that way? Have you been jealous of anybody recently, like within the past year? Or I could go first on mine if you want. Okay, go first. Okay. The person I was so jealous of when I found out they existed. Do you guys know about, I've talked about it somewhere, but I don't remember if it was this podcaster on the Patreon about how they're trying to like tear down Marilyn Monroe's home oh, in Brightwood. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was so upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of efforts made, you know, to preserve it. It's not tore down yet. They're still trying to turn it into an historic landmark so it can't be tore down. And people were kind of outing like who the buyer was or who the person was that was trying to sell it down trying to tear it down. And the first person that came up was this like hedge fund person. And I remember seeing the picture of that person and thinking, it sucks that they don't know the value. And like, I wish I had that kind of money to just plop down $10 million on an extra house. And, but when I hear that they're like in investing and hedge fund and like, I feel like to be really successful at that, you have to have a really good mind for it and be really passionate about it. I wish I was that passionate about something that I made that kind of money. It's that kind of like wistful jealousy. Yeah. But then somebody outed that it's actually this like billionaire heiress right. who wants to tear it down because I guess she owns the house next door and she bought that other property and she wants to put, nobody knows what she wants to put there, but people are speculating like a tennis court or a pool or something. And I'm like, fuck that. And I was just so jealous because here's this person, which disclaimer, I don't know anything about this human being in real life. Uh, She could be somebody I could meet tomorrow and I could love her to death. And I don't know. She could have struggles in her life I don't know about. She could actually have done things to make her money I don't know about. But the way she was presented in the article was she's just like a billionaire heiress and like inherited all this money. And I'm like, fuck that. Like it makes me so mad when that's all the information you're given. I'm like, how are you just born into all this money and like you don't know the value of things? So that was a person I've been very jealous of lately. And also I've had other instances where I've had to like unfollow celebrities I follow. Well, it was one instance recently where there was this person I was following and I always always was like a fan of theirs, but nothing. And they were always like obviously like way more successful and way more famous than me. But the stuff they did in their career wasn't necessarily stuff I wanted to do. But for some reason, this celebrity has just been like killing it lately in the past year and just been doing 
everything in every category. So of course, those are like also categories I want to do. And also like all her photos are like retouched to absolute perfection. And she's posting like five photos a day. And I look at them and I can tell they're retouched, but I'm still mad about it. And I'm like, why do I feel this way? Yeah. Like just because she has that stuff doesn't mean I can't have that stuff. And shouldn't I just feel inspired? Like is this feeling just inspiration, but it like turns nasty somehow? But it was giving me a bad feeling. So I unfollowed her. And I, it just, I don't know, it just made me feel like I wasn't doing enough or like I wasn't keeping up or like, why am I not doing this? Which this person, like if you guys knew who it was, you'd be like, oh, well, that person was born into a completely different lifestyle and has had more money and connections than you from the jump. So you shouldn't even be comparing yourself. But I still was comparing myself. Yeah. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. Where will each new chapter take you? Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris. Each chapter uncovers a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. You know what I love about this game? First of all, I love how gorgeous it is. Mm -hmm. I love the aesthetic. It's so pretty to look at. I love the 1920s upscale of it all. But I love the hidden objects part. It's so relaxing, but it's also challenging. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll find myself staring like, where is this last one? But it's so good. It's the perfect way to kill time and be entertained and be relaxed. I love the murder mystery aspect of it. It's so cool. Same. And I love doing it when I'm waiting for an appointment or about to get on a plane or even if the plane has good Wi-Fi, like doing it on there. Like I love it. You're right. It's like the perfect way to kill some time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a good brain exercise. It's positive. I love it. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. No, I get that. Yeah, and I'm a big proponent of like unfollowing or muting anyone that makes you feel like shit because you just don't need that going through your subconscious mind scroll flashing through your brain all the time. Yeah, I definitely get that. I get that when people, um, when I'm like struggling just to have like one cool job Mm -hmm. and then I see somebody who's got like 15 of them. Yeah. I mean, and this is obviously no comparison or anything like that, but like a Ryan Seacrest, like he hosts every fucking thing. Like how does he, how does he get everything, everything? Like I love Ryan. We know Ryan. And like, this is no shame to him or or shade, shade or shame. But I'm like, how the fuck does he get everything? And it for a while it was like Alan DeGeneres was like everything. Like, and I know I'm not on any of the same levels of yeah. any of those people and I'm not saying I am or that I should be or that I should be getting those same opportunities but I'm like God, I can't get one little like thing going and these people have like 15 major things going mm-hmm. on like every network every big event going on everything and, and those kind of things like really like upset me and piss me off like there's enough to go around if yeah. everyone just shares. Why does one person have to do everything? And I feel like it goes in cycles, like who that person is. Yeah. Or maybe it's just things I'm seeing and our algorithms mm-hmm. or whatever. But like there's different things. And and also like the Kardashians too. I just feel like they are in every single thing. I everything. Know. There's nothing you can do where you don't feel like you're copying something they did or something. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, it's so saturated. And I feel like too – it's also like in – especially in the entertainment industry, it's like a snowball effect. Like success begets success. So like once you get your first job, that like turns – it's like a domino effect, but it can be so hard to get that first thing. The other thing that I get jealous about too is all the celebrity pregnancies and stuff. And it's not just the pregnancies. Like I understand if you're pregnant and it's news or whatever, but it's every little thing. Oh, she went to the doctor, her first doctor's appointment. Oh, it's a gender reveal. Oh, it's the, I mean, we figured out the name. Oh, they dropping hints on the the gender. Oh, there's every little thing. First Christmas, first time to Disneyland. And yeah. I don't know if it's just my algorithm or what, but I never click on those stories because mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. But like every and, – and even celebrities I've never heard of before, like I get every – 
fucking baby announcement there Ew, is. Weird. And every every single milestone in the kid's life, I feel like I'm bombarded with. Oh, and I'm like, no. get this shit off my feed. Like, unless you're part of that family or a super fan, no one cares. Yeah, I wish there was a way to better curate our algorithms and our feeds, like, by choice. Yeah, and I don't want to see that stuff. I don't want to mm-hmm. see it. It makes me mad. Yeah, I remember my mom felt that way. This is time machine. Sorry to expose you, mom. But when Cindy Crawford was pregnant, I assume it was Kaya Gerber, if that's her oldest kid. But when Cindy Crawford was pregnant, it was getting so much coverage everywhere. My mom would always be like, first human to ever have a baby. Nobody's ever had a baby before. Yeah, it's easy to look good when you're six feet tall. There's a lot of room to put something. So this is a tale as old as time. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad it's not just yeah. me. But it is everything. It's everything from the whole maternity thing. Like, oh, photo shoot. Like, pregnant photo shoot. Pregnant this. Pregnant that. Pregnant blah, blah, blah. To every single thing that happens once the kid is born. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm tired of hearing it about everybody. And then it's like, oh, so-and-so is pregnant with baby number four. And I'm like, fuck them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, it's like, I'm tired of it. And so I get jealous of that shit. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. And especially for somebody who's never been able to have kids, like, it's yeah. hurtful, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, so every aspect of that has to be blasted to the yeah. world. I'm not the only one that can't have kids, so I can't be the only one who's offended by all of this. To Like, keep it to yourself. Yeah, Good for, for sure. you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you every single thing I get to go and do because I don't have kids. Yeah. Let me make that news. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> I was also wondering, in the early days of the mansion, like pre-Girls Next Door, was there ever anybody in the girlfriend group you were jealous of? Because it was crazy how we were so played off of each other. And I feel like because I was the main girlfriend, I was always portrayed within like the gossip as like being so jealous and stuff. But I don't think there was anybody in the girlfriend group I was jealous of. Uh-uh. I would get more jealous and annoyed like every once in a while there would be somebody who would come along and like really – But it was never anybody who was a girlfriend who would really like they were trying to be a girlfriend and really trying to like overstep boundaries and it would just be. But I feel like that's more like just annoying. Like they were walking into my room when they really shouldn't have been and stuff like that. There were people that I were that I was annoyed with mm-hmm. that they probably took it as jealous, but oh, yeah, it wasn't. Like, They're just jealous of me. And it's like, yeah. no, honey, it's because you bust into our room and start screaming at us like a banshee because you were standing at the door listening like a creep. Do you want to hear a crazy story of somebody who like accused me of being jealous of her? This is so weird. Okay. So when my book came out, everybody was piling on me, like talking so much shit, saying I'm a liar, blah, 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 blah. So this girl comes out of nowhere. She was somebody who was trying to test for Playmate, like, right when I was starting to intern at the studio, like, when I was – probably when I was doing that first pictorial. And um, Bill White still worked there. He was the guy who was the videographer at the studio. Great guy. But I know – but I remember him being there, and he was, like, a part of this. So that's how I know that I wasn't even, like, photo editor. I wasn't anything. I had no say. And even when I was the photo editor, Hef still had to make the choice. Like, I could make recommendations all I wanted, but it was still Hef's choice. So anyhow, there was this girl who was coming in to get, like, the Polaroid tests, and she really wanted to test. And I was in Mary's office one day, and she was on the phone with somebody, and she's like, no, no, no like you know you know this and that and and she hangs up the phone and she's like oh my god and I'm like who is that and she told me the name of this girl and she said that she came down to take Polaroids and everybody was really alarmed by this girl I don't know why they were alarmed they never told me like I don't know if something happened with her I don't know what it was but they thought she was gonna like go to the press or like start some kind of weird drama so they were very much walking on eggshells with her or maybe she said something that made them think she was gonna say oh if you don't pick me for a playmate I'm gonna sue or say it's unfair or something. I don't know. Yeah. But Mary was like, yeah, we got to watch out for this one. And she like called up the studio and said, yeah, just like give her a test, like make her a cyber girl, whatever. And this was around the time I was starting to intern. So I was down at the studio and Bill, the videographer, had been asked to take that girl out into the hallway. She was in a robe and just do a video interview with her. And they didn't usually do that with women who were testing. And somebody told me it was because they were worried that this girl was like a loose cannon and they wanted to like get evidence that – so it was a whole weird – for some reason they were afraid of this girl. I never – really met her except in passing. Anyway, she became a cyber girl, forgot all about it. But then after my book came out, she goes 
to the press and says that that she was blocked from being a playmate by me specifically, which is ridiculous because I wasn't even an editor or anything and I couldn't make that decision even when I was. Because I was so jealous of her and because Hef said that she reminded her of Anna Nicole Smith and that I was so jealous that Hef was in love with her, which I don't even know if she really even met Hef. Like she never came out with us or anything like that. But she did this whole story where she went out and told everybody that she didn't get Playmate because I was so jealous that I blocked her. And I'm like, girl, you are delusional. Yeah, that's crazy. So I agree with you guys who voted that this would be a good episode for the topic of jealousy because for a couple reasons. I mean, one, because we're seeing somebody get Playmate of the Year and this amazing pictorial, which you all know that we would have loved to have done something like that at this mm-hmm. point. And, you know, we'll get into how we felt about that. But also because there's a lot of, like, scene stealing in this episode. And I feel that somebody in this episode is jealous in a way or insecure. I don't know about jealous, but, like, insecure and, like, trying to scene steal. It's funny. It's funny that um, you thought this would be a good episode for the jealousy and the fans thought it would be a good episode for the jealousy. And I can see why. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like this is a really good example of women supporting women. No, I think so, too. But I think it's a I think it's an example of like the good definition of jealousy. Like you're so excited for somebody and you'd love to do that, too. But we are so into Kara and supportive of her. Yeah. So, oh, are you going to take us in the in the grotto time machine? We are getting into the grotto time machine, which reminded me, I was thinking of that. Do you remember Kevin, the producer, had a grottito at yes, his house? Yes. So I went to Kevin's house once and he had a cool house. It was this little house in like the flats of Beverly Hills. And he had all this really cool memorabilia. Like he had- Well, like, it was like a Snow White cottage. Yeah, it was a very cute little cottage. And he had- all this memorabilia from all his favorite shows from the 60s and like stuff from like the Munster set, like the grandpa's electric chair and stuff like that. And he took me out into the back and he goes, look, that's my gratito. Because it was this little hot tub with like rocks and plants around it and stuff. Yeah. You guys, he had this little attic space. It was just like, it was kind of weird. You walked up these steep stairs and then there was like this small attic space, like the size of a room. Mm -hmm. The entire thing was filled and like perfectly filled like it was like a store yeah with memorabilia from Munsters specifically but I think there were some other things too probably like um, Lost in Space all the Universal Monsters Sleeping Beauty was a big one that he liked it was crammed with stuff but in a in a completely organized beautiful way yeah. and it was like unbelievable and he'd have multiples of things yeah I remember once I was at his office and I saw him writing this massive check for like Munsters paper dolls or something and I go oh is this something you've been waiting to get for a long time because the check was so massive. I forget what it was, but I was like mind blown. Yeah. And he goes, no, I have three at home. I'm like, what? That's why like when I would get Munster stuff Mm -hmm. and everything for um, Christmas from Hef, Hef would get it from Kevin. Oh. And it's like the legit like stuff. And I have those sitting in storage right now. Kevin's probably like so mad at me for having those in storage right now. Oh, I have a lot of Sleeping Beauty things from Kevin, like even in my office over here. If you're struggling with anxiety or depression, you're not alone. Millions of Americans are searching for ways to feel better, but feel like they've exhausted every option and don't know where to turn. If that sounds like you, then guided ketamine therapy from MindBloom could be a game changer. MindBloom can help you feel better faster. Mind Bloom is the leader in ketamine therapy, having helped tens of thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Mind Bloom's expert clinicians and guides can help you feel better in days, not weeks, and you can complete treatment entirely from the comfort of home. In a study of over 1,000 Mind Bloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only four sessions. Now, Mind Bloom has new programs that go beyond depression and anxiety to help you overcome challenges in everyday life. Right now, Mind Bloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash nextlevel and use promo code nextlevel. Break free from your anxiety and depression and feel better faster with MindBloom. MindBloom.com slash next level and use promo code next level. But anyway, we digress. That, yeah. was a, that was a long 
thing. Back to our grotto time machine. So this episode originally aired on September 10th, 2006. The number one song was Sexy Back, London Bridge was number two, and Buttons by the Pussycat Dolls was Ooh, number three. I still I still love all three of those songs. Loosen up my buttons. And I especially love that one. The number one movie that week was Jackass number two. And this episode opens up with a very cringy, cold open. And it's too bad that it's so cringy and the content is what it is because the intention behind it was very positive. So we were in a limo somewhere. We're going somewhere with Hef, all three of us. And Kendra was singing along with the song that says Ghost Ride the Whip. And I was like, what does that mean? Because at this point in my life, I was very sequestered from pop pop culture. Like I had my niche interests. I was interested in that, but I didn't know you know, what was going on. And I go, what even is that? And she goes, oh, it's when you like leave a car in like neutral and you open the door and you walk beside it while it's kind of like rolling along or something. And she goes, I can kind of do it. And I'm like, you should show us how to do it on the show. And I meant that to be like positive thing, like to show that I think it would be fun to do a scene with you with something you're enthusiastic about. You can show me something that I don't know and I'll be there and be supportive for it. Like I was always fine like being supportive of her scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I it was my idea to shoot it for the show and I was like cheerleading the whole thing along. But it's so cringy now just because it's so like appropriation-y I feel like that I'm like ugh. And then they put that disclaimer at the beginning that says something about like don't try this I have game it. at That's home. That's what I was going to – Well, I was going to start with that. It starts out with a warning, and it says, The following ghetto game should not be attempted by no one, no way, no how. Peace out. Oh, my God. Like, can I just crawl underneath the chair right now? I know. And pretend I wasn't involved in that ever? Embarrassing. Yeah. So it starts out with Kendra in my room, and I'm clearly packing for Europe. There's stuff uh-huh. everywhere. And Kendra says, You want to see me ghost ride the whip? And I say, Enthusiastically, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to me in interview, like I'm the one that should be explaining this. <laughs> and I say, Ghost ride the whip is when you are driving along and you get out of the car while it's still rolling and you do a little dance next to the car. And I think it's a Bay Area kind of gangster thing. And I know I'm giggling because I know I'm the last person that should be sitting here trying to explain (laughs) what this is. And I don't even know if I'm explaining it right. That's my understanding of it. And even then, I kind of thought it was where you get out. Have you seen those things where you get out of the car at like a stoplight and you do a dance around the car and jump back in? Well, that had a very politically incorrect name too back in the day. Oh, it did? They called it Chinese fire drill, which I have no idea what that even means or why you would call it that. Yeah. So I kind of thought, like kind of in my head was thinking they're sort of the Mm -hmm. same thing. And the Cinderella cosplay interview is back. You have your. It's all through this season. You have your updo. You have your blue peplum sleeve, (laughs) and then so when Kendra's out, and they show us like behind the back gate, like on Mapleton Drive, and Kendra's showing us Ghost Ride the Whip, and they try to make it look like there's mega traffic commotion. Yeah, which I remember a little bit of it. Like there were a few cars that went by because we were like reacting to the cars, but they try and make it look like it's just mayhem. Yeah, we're like holding up traffic (laughs) in busy LA. This street behind the man was very little traffic. It's probably, Sleepy. yeah, it was quiet. Like I could walk to the Mapleton house and back and never see a car or Except another person. Except Baywatch guy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one of the people that drove by was staff. Cause I remember I say mm-hmm. something in commentary. I'm like, oh, that was so-and-so from the like kitchen or yeah. security or something. But yeah, they make it look like, and one of them is a total fake scene. It's Kendra's mom driving up the. Yeah. For the climax of the scene, they try and really make it look like a car is going to hit Kendra, but they cut to like we're doing this ghost ride the whip thing on Mapleton Drive behind the house. And the car they show is driving up the front driveway of the mansion. And Kendra later points out that it's actually her mom. Yeah. So it makes no sense. Like the scene totally changes. But people would never have any idea about any of that. Yeah. And then so Kendra gets out of the car and she starts dancing next to it. Holly and I are totally cheering her on. And then we're yelling like we're you said we're reacting to the cars. Mm -hmm. It looks like we're yelling at people and like getting upset about it and stuff. We're more just like laughing and freaking out and pointing if somebody does something weird. Yeah. But and I was saying a lot of it's fake in here like the honking is fake. And um, and the one of the people that it looks like I'm telling off that was the mansion employee that we're we're joking (laughs) around with. And yeah. So the whole thing 
is just kind of like silly. But I feel like the point of this episode, this scene that I want to make now Uh is how supportive we are and there for doing something Kendra wants to do that has nothing to do with either one of us. Zero interest for us other than to be supportive of our friend. A hundred percent. And this does not go in a reciprocal way for the rest of the episode. Yeah, which I think is interesting that it's in here because I don't think Kevin did it that way on purpose. No, I don't think so at all. Yeah. But looking back at it, you know, from years later, I look at it and I'm like, oh, this is interesting because it's showing how organic it was that we would support each other. Like I'd support you, I'd support Kendra, you'd support me, you'd support Kendra. But if a scene came along that wasn't all about Kendra, we didn't get that support from her. Right. Well, and I was putting in the the example here in my notes that it's in contrast to what happened. I know it was a long time ago now, but our Mm -hmm. last episode, heavy petting, like with uh, Winnie's birthday party and like dying Easter eggs and stuff, like that's too silly and beneath her and girly or whatever. Well, this has nothing to do anything that we like or any interest and it's Mm -hmm. silly and we're there and being supportive literally cheering her on literally (laughs) and enthusiastic not like okay and not talking in in interview going yeah i had to go watch kendra do this stupid thing outside no we're like explaining it enthusiastic yeah for sure so the next scene is us setting up at the playmate house for kara's slumber party and this episode is kind of a fail because they don't even attempt to get to know Kara in it. Yeah. Like we have an interview with Kara coming up and we'll ask her about, you know, did they even try to interview you? Did they even sit you down for a confessional? Did they even try? So we'll find that out. But in the finished product, it looks like, you know, the audience gets no chance to get to know who Kara is. So there's really no, sadly, no meaning to her getting Playmate of the Year or to the party. There's not really like any emotion involved. I will say the show comes through in later seasons and does better versions of this. This one was just kind of a fail. And instead of trying to get to know Kara and even set up much more of what Playmate of the Year is, they just fall back on kind of the old tropes that were happening in season one. Like, oh, Kendra doesn't want to do what the other girls want to do. Kendra's throwing a fit. And it just turned into another one of those episodes. Yeah. And it was a great opportunity to talk about the legacy of Playmate of the Year. And show past footage and to really get to know a new character Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it was it was a sad loss I think so too. And as we're going over to the bunny house, they show, they flash, you know, the different rooms at the bunny house. One of the rooms they show, I think it has blue walls. That was a room that didn't have its own bathroom. So girls never stayed there unless it was like super packed for a party. And I kept a lot of my stuff over there. Like it wasn't my room by any means, but people have asked me before, like, where did you keep all your stuff? You lived there for so long and you just lived in like a corner of Hef's room. And I had different storage closets, like in the basement at the mansion or in the hallway, but I did keep some stuff over at the place playmate house too. Like I had a desk with a sewing machine for like crafts. I hung some of my pictures in there. You can see there's like a Tinkerbell painting that a Disney artist did. And there's like a Jean Harlow painting that Victoria Fuller did for me hanging over there. So that's an interesting little room. And they also show the master bedroom at the playmate house, which is the one with the pink walls. And it's a disaster. I know. It's so messy. There's girls staying in there and it's messy. But fun fact, the master closet of that bedroom was pretty big. It wasn't as big as you might think for a house over there would be, but it was a pretty big closet. And um, they let me take that over Mm -hmm. because my closet in my room was pretty tiny. Um, And they put a lock on it for me. I had a key for it. And I had it packed with <laughs> with costumes and like um props and yeah. like decorations for my room and stuff i mean packed i used yeah. every inch of that room so i was constantly walking over to the playmate house to get stuff back and forth all the time and then there's this funny scene i like how they edited it but just so you know it's so untrue where we're in the master bathroom at the in the master bedroom and it's kind of a funky looking bathroom there's like glass brick it's like all different colors and i go i think you this room reminds me of you because it's so campy which (laughs) this is no surprise to any of the listeners but we both love fucking campy shit yeah but they cut it so like it looks like you're kind of giving me a dirty look and they make like a boing noise yeah well because my eyes go like Okay, thanks. Like, I just 
drop the biggest insult. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I thought it was funny, though. I think it's a funny edit, too. But just so you know, that's not obviously how it went. <laughs> so in interview, you say, I'm throwing a slumber party at the Playmate house for Cara Monica because not only is she becoming Playmate of the Year, but she is also moving out of the Playmate house where she has been living for the last year. So it's kind of like graduation time. And I know we've talked about it before, but we would get really close to a lot of these girls. And it would yeah. be really sad when people would leave and we're going to be out of our lives. Like we needed that. We needed those other people. We needed people that we could talk to and hang out with and confide in and just other energy being there. Like it Mm -hmm. was so nice. And so it was very sad when people were leaving. And I think it's interesting to note too that you say she'd been living there for the past year, which she had, but we haven't seen her at all on the show up until now. Yeah. I mean, if she appeared at all, it was like in a walk-by cameo. (laughs) I noticed we're walking into the house and that nasty chair we're talking about is still sitting there. The rotted chair that nobody would throw out. It was so That's one of those hanging chairs. Yeah, like one of those 70s like wicker But like why won't they get rid of it? I think they were afraid to throw anything away just because Hef was such a hoarder that unless they had – extreme orders to throw something out they wouldn't which I I guess I can see like if I was working at somebody else's house I wouldn't take initiative to throw right but this was rotting junk though this was bad yeah (laughs) and it's the front of the house like let's talk about microdosing. do you know that just right feeling when your body and mind are really at peace like after a workout or a nice long hot shower when you're relaxed you're also focused you're a little energized like you're in the zone well microdose can help you get into that zone easier and stay there longer This show is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. You know what I've been loving my Microdose Gummies for? Is one of my New Year's goals is to really start getting enough sleep. Like, I need a lot of sleep, like at least eight hours. So (laughs) I'm trying to block off, like, these nine-hour chunks and put it into my schedule, like, as if that's work. Just because I don't want to get run down. I want to be able to be my best for everything and up to everything and not be like tired throughout the day and I've never had trouble sleeping but sometimes when you want to get to sleep a little before you're ready you need that little bit of help so to me taking a microdose gummy maybe like a half hour before I want to go to sleep it just gets me in that space and that gets my next day off to a perfect start absolutely my mind starts running so a little gummy Mm -hmm. is all you need get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code next level it's available nationwide that's microdose.com promo code next level for 30 percent off and free shipping microdose.com promo code next level and then we're inside before we move on the interview you're talking about where i'm talking about kara can i just say because it comes into play later i hate this interview of me because i can tell I'm grumpy that day. I have bleached out eyebrows from our second pictorial and I just look very grumpy and angry, grumpier and angrier than I am. So I just wanted to make note that I hate that interview because it does come into play later. And then it shows us blowing up like the pool toys. And I'm wondering why don't we have like the air compressors to do it for us? But I think kind of what could have been and is a cute, funny scene for the show. So yeah, us blowing those up for sure. But also about this scene, I feel like it's a little boring. And I'm surprised we didn't learn our lesson from like the episode where I throw the barbecue last season. Because the scene setting up at the bunny house just maybe I'm just self-conscious of them because I feel like I'm so boring in those scenes. But I feel like... We didn't really need this scene that much. I could see us not needing the scene. I can definitely see us not we needing We didn't learn scene. from the first time, or the show didn't learn from the first time. But I also think part of this scene is, the reason for it anyway, is that oh. we are going out of our way to do this for Kara. You're right. But somebody else isn't going to even join to help set up or doesn't want to be bothered with it. Yeah. And I think that that's, they're contrasting here. They're already starting the contrast. Like, here we are doing this, mm-hmm. all this special stuff for somebody, but somebody's missing. Yeah. So cut to the person who's missing. They cut to Kendra in her room. And this confused me at first when I was re-watching it because she's talking about how she 
quote, doesn't want to go to the party, meaning the nighttime slumber party, because the Lakers were in the playoff and she'd rather watch the game. And this was confusing to me at first because I'm like, wait, wouldn't the game be done by the time the slumber party started? But then I realized, no, she's missing the game because all of us, including Hef, are taking Kara out to dinner before the slumber party. And But she can't say she doesn't, she wants to miss the dinner because that's a Hef thing. Right. Instead, she says, I don't want to do the slumber party because that falls back on us and us being nerds and us doing And making her go and do boring things that she doesn't want to do. Right. But in reality, she didn't want to go to the dinner that we were all doing for Kara that Hef was involved in, but they're setting it up to make it look like she doesn't want to go do our stupid lame thing. Right. But our stupid lame thing was starting when the playoff game would have been over. So that wasn't even a conflict. Right. Can I say that when Kendra's talking about how she doesn't want to go to this thing because the Lakers playoff game, in commentary, she goes, whatever, they made me say that. But then years later in 2010, she comes out with a book where she's still talking about how she didn't want to go to this Playmate of the Year dinner because she wanted to watch the Laker game. So no, they didn't make her say that. I think it's because she was just sitting in the room with us during commentary and didn't want to come off like the hater that That's she what was. I was going to say. Anytime she's in commentary and there's a scene like that where she's being this way, she'll like or she looks bad in some way, she'll like shove it off and be like, oh, they 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 fuck with my alarm clock and change the time. Oh, they made me say that. They she always like takes the blame off of herself. But we like sometimes we know when that's true and we know yeah. when that's not true. And there's sometimes maybe we don't know, but we yeah. we, we know, we know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm willing to give things like that grace because obviously they do it to us too. So I know it's a thing and I'm yeah. sure it's been done to her many times too. But if that were true in this case, why would she write a book five year, four years later and do this whole thing? Because even in the book, she's talking about how she went to this playmate. She had to go to this playmate of the year dinner, but she didn't want to go. She just wanted to watch the Laker game. That was more important to her. So she wore a Laker jersey and all the girls were giving her dirty looks. No one cared that she was wearing a jersey. Like the show tries to make a thing about it, but no one cared that she was wearing a jersey. They care that she gives attitude about it. Right. It was on brand for her to wear a jersey. And I never thought shit about what Kendra wore to anything. I mean, in the beginning, we were trying to help her out by giving her like cute clothes or matching clothes or stuff we thought Hef would like. But I well, never... that's because she didn't have all yeah, that stuff. So exactly. we wanted to make sure she had something. At this point, she has stuff. Yeah. She just chooses not to wear it. Yeah. And nobody, not me, not you, not Kara, not any of the other girls, I guarantee you, no one was giving her a dirty look over the jersey. No. Yeah. And I don't know if this was in her book or just um, happening at the time, but she also tries to pull Carmela into it too. Like Carmela didn't want to go either. Carmela wanted to watch the game yeah, too. In her book, Carmela she's like, was more interested in the score. Yeah, she makes it sound like Carmela's the only cool one. Like, but I only remember Carmela ever being totally nice and supportive and so excited for Kara being a playmate of the year. Yeah, I remember her running off she one time to go see what the score mm-hmm. was, but I don't remember her like freaking out of or missing the game or anything. Yeah. And I think that Carmela, being a former playmate of the year, knows what an honor this yeah. is and what a big deal it is and is excited for her. And by the way, guys, just so you know, like this day and age, we're we don't give a shit. We're not hung up on this. But the whole point of this episode is we're in the grotto time machine. We're going back in time. We're breaking it down. And this is a topic of the episode. Like we do get into the whole Lakers jersey and stuff like that. So we're giving yeah. you the behind the scenes. And Kendra full on says in this scene, when Bridget and Holly went over to the bunny house to set up, I was talking to my mom about the Lakers game. So she full on says that she just, you know, didn't mm-hmm. go over with us. It wasn't like she was doing something else that made her busy or whatever. She's just talking to her mom on the phone. And Patty asks, what are you going to do at the slumber party? And Kendra says, play light as a feather, stiff as a board. And she gives this painful look. But also you guys, I want to back up a little bit. Like, We weren't pushing a slumber party because we thought it was the coolest thing you could ever do. Like if you and I could have done whatever we wanted for Kara, we would have loved to fucking do a girl's trip or, you know, I mean, Kara's kind of a homebody too. So maybe she wouldn't have wanted to go out to the hottest club or whatever. But if that's what she wanted, we would have done that. Or something like the Madonna Inn. Yeah, or like staycation at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Go out and meet guys. If we could have done something, quote unquote, cool like that, we would have loved to. But A, you and I and Kendra were not allowed to. We had to do something that fit in with the nine o'clock curfew. I wasn't even allowed, as you'll see later in the episode, to even do the actual slumber party and stay over there. 
We had to do something that fit into like Hef's rules, but also the show's rules. And the show at this point was so over shooting at nightclubs because they couldn't use any of the footage really because they didn't want to clear the music. They didn't have that in the budget and the nightclub isn't going to turn off the music or play generic music. <laughs> so when they followed us to a nightclub, that basically turned into B-roll. Yeah. You know, they would only do nightclubs if it was something big like, oh, Kendra's 21st birthday or something. So they're yeah. not going to want to do that for Kara's thing. So doing a slumber party at the Playmate house might seem dumb and juvenile, but it was really the only thing in our parameters that we really could do, I felt like. Yeah. So the next scene, you're in Mary's office. I'm listing off all the people who are coming over. And as I list them off, they show clips of their Playmate videos, which the women always look super beautiful in the Playmate videos. Do you have any thoughts on the Playmate videos? Well, I thought it was cute that they added each of those things in there. Yeah, I think that's probably like the best use the company could get out of those videos. I just felt like the videos were so corny. They are for sure like, corny. Are people really jacking off to those? I don't know, but that fir- the first one they show with Kara like dancing and a guy spying on her, I don't know, I just cringe when I see that. It's just they would they would have the girls do really silly, weird things. And they looked stunning all the time, but it was just like weird stuff. And the like girls riding a bike naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird. So then on the show, we re-explain the difference between the guest house and the bunny house. The guest house is the small house on the property where guests and playmates would often stay when they were testing for playmate. The bunny house is the house across the street where we also, invited some playmates to live. Also referred to as the playmate house. Yeah, Hef was like so mad that we wanted to call it the bunny house. Because I feel like the bunny house just like rolls off the tongue better. And he's like, it's not bunnies living over there. It's playmates. Which isn't really true because most of the playmates who were seasoned enough to live at the playmate house probably had a bunny costume and yeah. work promotions. But he was mad about it. But then years later, Kevin does a pilot based on the women living at that house and they call the pilot with Hef's approval the bunny house I still I use it interchangeably the bunny house the playmate house same yeah. thing guest house totally different um, so Mary says sounds like you have a big group and you said everyone wants to move into the house across the street there's so many girls and it sucks because somebody want to move in and you can't say yes to all of them and Mary agrees and I remember that being a thing a hundred percent and we should talk a little bit about the hierarchy of like where playmates stayed because everybody wanted to stay at the mansion when there was a party you know so they could just crash there or whatever of course and there would be tons of requests and we'd always put our two cents in on who we thought the most fun was or who we wanted there. But there was a hierarchy on where you got to stay. Like if you got to live at the Playmate house, amazing. But if you were just coming for a party, probably the last place they would stick you if you were lower on the totem pole was the Playmate house if you were just staying there. Next up was the guest house. And the best, if you were like super close to everybody and like high, high on the list, they'd put you in the main house. Yeah. And sometimes we would ask for specific people to stay in the main house if we just thought they were really fun. And yeah, Audra like was in there for have a while. Like slumber party time with them or whatever. Yeah. And no, they weren't fucking half. <laughs> I know somebody's going to ask. Speaking of the hierarchy of where girls would stay – Right before I moved out of the mansion, one of the things that pushed me to move out was Hef was getting really weird and verbally abusive with me. And one of the instances was he like yelled at me because I was in charge of the 55th anniversary Playmate search and all the shoots. And we were also filming it for the show. And we were shooting, I think, a total of five centerfolds within a two-week time period, which Playboy had never – like done that before. So I had to coordinate all these different, the photographers hire more makeup artists than we usually use, like all this thing. And just like the scheduling of it alone was insanity. And they had all the candidates staying at the bunny house across the street and they were filming there. And there had been some kind of drama. I think the twins were like doing allegedly like bullying one of the other candidates. And she was local, like lived in Orange County. So she left and went home. And I'm like, wait, you can't go home. Like you have to finish your centerfold. And she's like, well, I don't want to stay there because these girls are being mean. And I go, come stay in the guest house. So I told the office, I'm like, Jessica's going to come stay in the guest house, blah, blah, blah. And I thought I was killing it. I thought I was killing it at this job, which in essence is like killing it for half. You know, I'm doing such a good job. I'm managing all this. I'm killing it, super stressful, whatever. But when he found out, I told Jessica she could stay at the guest house, which is a notch up hierarchy wise than the bunny house. He flipped out on me 
screamed at me, said, I can't do that. I think she got to stay there, but because it was practical and it was the only thing that made sense. But he screamed at me, said, daddy makes the rules. Ew. I know, disgusting. And I was like, like, I can't tell you how that felt. I mean, not only does nobody want to get yelled at, but I'm thinking I'm killing it and doing an amazing job for him. And he's fucking screaming at me. Yeah. Ew. And that's so weird to me because I feel like most girls do testing or shooting their pictorials would stay in the guest house, not across the street. Yeah, but he didn't want me to raise this other girl above the twins, which makes me wonder, like, did he already kind of have his eye on the twins at that time? Oh, I felt like it. Yeah, I feel like there was something yucky like that going on. Like there was some kind of favoritism and how dare I move one of the other candidates closer to the house, even though the new girls don't really know what the hierarchy is yet. So nobody really gives a shit. But he's like, how dare you move one of them up when really they're sexy, hot, blonde, 18-year-old twins. I'd move them up. You know what I mean? I think that's really what was going on. Yeah. Fucked up. I definitely felt like Hef, that they were like a – Backup plan? Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, when people like they're not like when you're with somebody or maybe you've even done it yourself. I probably have at some point in my life. Not cheating, but you kind of have your somebody in mind as like a backup plan. Like if shit didn't work out or hmm, things seem a little strained right now, but that girl down the street's kind of cute and you kind of have it in their mind. Yeah. Because I feel, I like, feel there like there was a little bit of that going on. Yeah. Because I feel like that what you're talking about right now is right as we're all getting ready yeah, like things were strained between me and Hef for sure. I think things were already strained. That It may have even been in the works that I was already going to leave for the show. Mm-hmm. Not leaving the mansion, but going to be gone quite a bit for the show. Kendra may have already, you know, talked about being engaged or, yeah. what, you know, dating and whatever. Like it may have already been at that point. Yeah. And I don't think he would have ever like asked them to be part of the group if it would have just been me and him. But I do think he's so pathological in needing to be surrounded by so many women that he probably has like layers of backup plans in his mind. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I think so. There was something creepy going on. If things were like they were right now in this episode, mm-hmm. he I don't think he would have ever even yeah, like look considered. He would have been like, oh, hot playmates, but but at that point, yeah, things were like getting things were weird iffy. and rocky. Yeah. So this next scene is also a cringe scene for me. Wait, what's it? Oh, you're right. This is so cringe. But I also feel like it's so valuable that we have this scene on tape because it's real. I feel, because this is the scene where Monica's staying in room four, Kendra goes down to visit her, and what the show wants to establish with this scene is that Kendra and Monica have this really close friendship. Mm -hmm. And then you come in to talk to everybody and include everybody, which is so real and what you are always trying to do. Mm -hmm. And Kendra just kind of gets quiet. And I don't know if anybody else sees this or if I just see this because I lived with her for so long and I know how things are, but I feel like I can feel Kendra thinking, get out of the room, get out of the room. When's Bridget going to go away so we can really talk? Like I'm getting that vibe hard. Me too. And it's so awkward. And Monica's just kind of sitting there being Switzerland because let's make it clear, like the show very much portrays it like Kendra and Monica have this good friendship. I felt like Monica was always close friends with all of us. Yeah. I think Kendra would have liked it if Monica was just her friend. So, yeah. So the next scene, it shows uh, Kendra going into Monica's room, bedroom four. And then I knock on the door. But let's just – let me tell you one thing first. I knocked on the door before, and I could hear them in there. Mm -hmm. But nobody responded, and they tried to get real quiet and act like nobody was in there or they were still sleeping or whatever. So I left, and then I came back later, a few minutes later. Um. But I knew that they were in there. So that this comes up because I walk in and I say, I was knocking earlier and everyone just ignored. And Monica says, she was sleeping. And then I just ignore and like plop down mm-hmm. on the bed because I know they're lying, but yeah. that's fine. And I say in an interview, living with three girls and having a new person come in and and change the it changes the dynamics of the group and it gets really touchy but i'm trying to not let that happen this time and i'm trying to spend a lot of time with monica and kendra because it had happened with destiny mm-hmm. and it continues to happen with different people and i was trying to like be including yeah. and make it more like this is a whole group thing and not it make kendra feel like she has to pull somebody aside to have her own friend somewhere. But that's always how it was, right? And it was never the girl coming in doing it. No. You know, I, I feel like every playmate we met 
all really liked all of us and we all got along and stuff. I, I felt like um, it was definitely more Kendra, but I felt like even Monica was. And I think maybe she felt weird because Kendra was being weird yeah. and she knows that Kendra gets very touchy if she's like too friendly plus the cameras are in there and she's just getting up supposedly and so I think there was a lot going on so I just grab a pillow and I plop down on the bed and Mm -hmm. I get cozy and I ask what are they doing they're like nothing just chilling and then they have like that nervous laugh going on and I'm just cringing watching this back like totally cringy (laughs) it's really cringy yeah and I would do this often with girls like I would check on them like Mm -hmm. knock on their door hey what are you up to what are you doing do you want to grab lunch down stairs or just you know what are you like just check in with people but it's very clear they don't want me around and I feel like rewatching the scene it hurts my feelings like back then I play I Mm -hmm. just rolled with it and laughed it off but now I watch it back and I'm like why are they treating me like that yeah it's like it's so rude and uncalled for it's very like mean girl shunning activity like in junior high or something like if you're having lunch with your friends and somebody else who's like not part of the group comes and sits down and tries to talk to you and everybody kind of gets kind of quiet yeah and does like the very least response they have to do and like the vibe is thick it's very much that like it's It's not cute a hundred percent that yeah And I clearly am trying to not let it bother me in the scene. And then I try and just like tell them a story. I'm sure I went in there with a purpose too. Like I I Mm -hmm. probably didn't just like – I probably had something I I wanted to tell them or share with them or whatever, whatever it was. And then I say – and I think I'm being funny, but they don't get the joke right off the bat. I say, I can't find pajamas anywhere. And I think that it just is totally lost Uh on them. And um, pajamas – is referring to Hef because he always wears pajamas. Well, that was Mary's code name for him, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and Monica says, why do you need pajamas? And I say, no, I'm talking about Hef. Mary calls him pajamas. And then I'm telling him all the places that I've looked for him and he's not around. And they just look like they can't wait for me to leave. 100%. And I joke and say, I think he's been abducted. And, and don't just, they play like cute alien music? Ooh, yeah. I yes. think that was my ringtone now, like that alien noise. <laughs> yeah. And it's just an awkward, weird scene. And yeah, like I said, the first time watching it or like back in the day, like I just let it roll off. Like you can't be upset about everything, you know? Well, especially since back then we're so hyper-focused on are we going to be embarrassed on national television? So a scene like that, we're not really picking up the nuances so much. It's just like, oh, that's just a scene I'm talking to somebody in a room. Cool. Yeah. And now we watch it and it's like, I can feel that vibe. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I know at the time I didn't want to rock the boat, but now watching it back, I see what was going on better. And I also feel like I get the message Kevin's trying to send here. I'm not cool enough to hang out with. Yeah. They're cool. Monica's cool, but- They want to do their thing. You're not cool enough to hang out with, so please leave. Yeah, it's so rude. And when you're talking about how you can't find Hef, that reminded me how – because this was back before everybody was texting, right? Like texting, the technology existed, but like very few people I knew had a sidekick or whatever. Nobody was really texting. And there were phones in every room. So if you wanted to try to track somebody down, you could try to call every room. But you would often lose people in that house because it was a big house. And I remember when um, Prisoner of Azkaban, the Harry Potter movie, came out and it showed the Marauders map. I remember thinking, we could really use one of those because it shows the footprints of wherever somebody is in the house. (laughs) I'm like, I could use a Marauders map because sometimes you just couldn't find people. Yeah. And there was back staircases you could take too. So Mm -hmm. you might go one way and the other person went the other way. And then you're like just missing each other and stuff like that. And there's only so many places Hef would typically be. Mm -hmm. So it's weird to not be able to find him. But there were a lot of nooks too. Like there was the scrapbook room upstairs. There was the third floor of his bedroom. There yeah. was like the video room. And the vi- there were actually a lot of weird nooks he would be. There would be. <laughs> but I feel like I knew him. And yeah. based on his schedule, you kind of know which of those spaces mm-hmm. he'll be at on a given day. So you kind of like, I don't know. I just felt like, um, yeah, he was missing for a short period of time. Should we talk a little bit about room four? Because I know some people are curious about like what the other rooms were like in the mansion that don't get so much camera time. <gasps> oh, Wait, before you say that, because you were just talking about sidekicks and looking Uh for people in the house, somebody asked me this question, and it was relevant to a previous episode when Kendra was talking on the phone Mm -hmm. during the um, heavy petting episode. People were like, wait, but how did she like have people call her room? We need to establish that we had our own phone numbers for our room. So you didn't have to go through switchboard. Like I could give somebody my personal number that if they had that number, it would go straight to my room. It like bypassed the switchboard, the, the pantry, the butlers, all of that went straight to my room. 
I'm surprised Hef didn't like figure out a way around that for the girls' rooms. Yeah. And then there were extensions too. Like we didn't have to call the pantry and ask them to put us through to Holly's room or put us through to Mary or whatever. We just dialed Mary's extension. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, people were asking me. I had a couple (laughs) of questions about that. Just wanted to clarify. It would be very easy to give out your number and have somebody just call straight to your room. Yeah. So room four that Monica's staying in, that's a room that doesn't get a lot of airtime on the show. And I know sometimes people are curious about the other rooms. Room four was down on the corner of the mansion. Like if you walk past your bedroom, bedroom three, bedroom four was on the corner. It was much smaller, as you can see, than bedrooms two or three. But I kind of liked bedroom four. I thought it had a very dreamy vibe because it had that very cute, like cushioned window seat Mm -hmm. where you could sit and read a book. Yeah. And it shared a bathroom with um, bedroom five. So obviously it wasn't that desirable because of that you didn't have your own bathroom but I thought it was a very dreamy room and it had this really cool like painted sky ceiling that one of the girls had mean girls had requested but what didn't make any sense to me is she requested that for this beautiful ceiling which it was very rare that Hef would approve any kind of redecorating for the rooms like like you got to redecorate yours eventually but I feel like it was a lot of asking and time and step by step like oh I ordered these sconces can I put them in can I do this color When it was the Mean Girls era, quote unquote, decorating your room meant you could choose a color for the walls to be painted and you could choose a carpet color, but the carpet had to be white. white. (laughs) So you couldn't really choose a color. You could just get new carpet if you wanted. Yeah. And the only colors for the walls he would approve were pastels. So it was kind of, I guess that's what he thought his girlfriend's little girl room should look like, which is kind of weird. But <laughs> so we will see you guys next week. If you'd like more content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girls next level. And next week we will get back to what happens at the naked slumber party. Bye guys. Bye.